Us weirdos have to stick together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on the boiling... On the boiling <laughs> aisles, it's Chloe. Yeah. Number two. <laughs> hey, to be fair, we're at, what, like, episode 35 and only twice the intro was messed up? I've messed up the intro a lot of times. <laughs> no, I think the only other time was when Kyle was on. Or at least something in like terms that. of... In terms of something that we didn't like to immediately stop and pull shoot on, but we're not now because I've talked enough. Yep. I mean, yeah, we talked about it. We have to so keep this intro now. <laughs> exactly. That's the rules that we have arbitrarily decided upon. Well, I guess if there was any episode for a criminal from the Boiling Isles to be here, it would be this one with all the portals and whatnot. <laughs> True. Yeah, with all the uh, weird uh, perfect world stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, we got some freaky stuff today, but you know... Today we live in a strange and different world. A world where it's September again. A world where school is back in session. And a world where friggin' Prince Charles is now the King of England. Ugh. Yep. <laughs> Hate that guy. Ugh. Yep. Hey, remember when that guy uh, was, you know, outed as being uh, a pedophile on Epstein's whole list of people who were pedophiles and then nothing happened to it? Yeah. Yeah. Fun. And now he's in charge of Turf Island. Mm-hmm. 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 Yay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's... God, again, the weird confluence of events where we're going to be talking about an episode where something kind of similar happens with a certain queen in particular. <laughs> I don't think it's a similar thing at all, if I'm honest. I mean, no, but it is a queen dying regardless. <laughs> We're covering an episode in which a queen dies on the same day a queen died in real life. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, couldn't it be more perfectly timed. <laughs> yeah. But the more fu- the more amusing thing was me seeing all the uh, the weird confluence of events of like people being like Splatoon three killed the queen, <laughs> or like that that pretty good uh, hard drive <laughs> shit post article about how the queen's death will affect the Splatoon three launch meta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did see somebody mention that they were going to use a 96 gal as their primary weapon because she was 96. The 96 gal being like a like kind of like long range, slower firing gun. And it's like, Jesus Christ, you don't have to go that far with your royalism. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's also weird is me trying to plug my headset in while not taking it off. There we go, I got it. (laughs) So I don't know if this is still the case, but I do know that in 2019, 46% of England wanted Charles to immediately abdicate if he ever took the throne, so... (laughs) Well, let's hope that uh, it's increased since then and people demand he leave. Yep. Because, you know, pedophile. (laughs) I'm I'm sure there's been pedophile kings before, we just haven't had to deal with one. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we in particular haven't had really had to deal with one, but also, I mean, we've not really had to deal with royalty as a whole in the modern day. Hey, speak for yourself. I'm living in Canada now. 
Everyone up here loves Fair. the queen. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great. We're going to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars rebranding all our money so it has Charles on him, and he's already 73, so he's not going <laughs> to... And, and also, uh, millions and millions on a coronation and a funeral. Oh, yeah. While a, lot, while a lot of people go without food and heat with the winter coming up. Oh, I just meant the um, currency, because uh, oh, Canada yeah, still has yeah, it... the English monarch on the currency, so... <laughs> Done. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to overhaul did, did, everything, and he's 73 and doesn't believe in medicine. <laughs> oh, Ben. Yeah, he's one that of those alt-medicine guys. At least, like, th- he's definitely had COVID at least three times, at a, even if it hasn't been reported, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's, like, it's like how every time that like reports come about Bolsonaro, uh, or however the fuck you pronounce that asshole's name, like having like flu-like symptoms, and it's like, this is like the sixth time this fucker's getting COVID now. How's He's only alive because he's the head of a fucking fascist country. <laughs> yeah. More, more old, more old billionaire people in position of power need to finally find out after fucking around for so long. <laughs> yeah. In Minecraft, of course, in parody in Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, naturally. Hmm. Yeah, no, Charles is a big. Um, he's a homeopathy guy or homeopathy or whatever that word is. I think I think it's pronounced homeopathy, yeah. I'm not sure myself, so, but I think that's how it is. Yeah, like, I don't know exactly how that works when it comes to royal medical care, but if he has his way, he's going to be dead inside of two months. <laughs> <laughs> Speedrunning uh, Rain as a monarch. <laughs> Any percent. <laughs> Now, see, when you do the homeopathy skip, uh, you get right to Ganon's uh, boss fight when the tower's crumbling, and then you only have to, like, really just blaze through his uh, actual pig Ganon form, and then you're done. (laughs) (laughs) Do we need to spoiler Ocarina Time that you have to fight pig Ganon in the end? (laughs) I don't think that's really necessary. I don't think think so, yeah. I I feel like we fought Ganon as pig more than actual man Ganondorf at this point in any Zelda game. <laughs> like, God, I, I just even not thinking off the top of my head, I feel like the only times it's actually really been Ganondorf has been Ocarina of Time, which mainly is when he was introduced, and then, like, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker? Because it ain't, like, man Ganon in, uh, like, really any of the other games he shows up in. He was always a pig before Ocarina of Time, and just a pig. And, like, in Breath of the Wild, he's just, like, a fucking, like, weird-ass, like, goop monster man who then turns into a pig. <laughs> and he's never actually told Ganondorf at all. Yeah, I but don't... Might, uh... I mean, we might we might see him rehydrated in the sequel whenever that comes out, though. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not a Zelda... I'm not a Zelda gay, is what I'm trying to say here. I know that's a type <laughs> of gay. It's not me. <laughs> no, that's fair. But hey, I like him in Smash. Um, oh yeah, no, he's fun. he. You don't need to know how to play Ganon and Ganondorf in Smash to have fun playing Ganondorf in Smash, because like I barely ever play him, and like 
because the thing my friends and I would always do is we'd eventually just event like go and just do random matches. And there was this one time when the two people I was playing with both got fucked, and I was Ganondorf, and it's like I I won't fucking kill you all when I can actually reach you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have like enough of the actual power to really knock Ganondorf around the stage as much. But as soon as I get to you, I will just like forward smash and kill you immediately because you're Fox and I'm Ganondorf, motherfuckers. <laughs> and I won, even not knowing how to play Ganondorf. It's like, well, I know he's got a sword now, yeah. <laughs> so just smash. I don't like him as much in Ultimate, but I used to... He was, like, my number two character back in the uh, the, the days of the last Smash. Smash Switch, or whatever it was. The one that was on uh, 3DS. Yeah, Smash, Smash 4. Yeah, Smash 4 you used last 3DS. Uh, yeah, that's the Smash one. 4. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly never really cared much for Ganondorf until Ultimate, because, like, I, I like that... I feel like he's, like, a little easier to play at, and I think it's because they really, like, just made him... Not just be a full carbon copy of Ganondorf, uh, not Ganondorf of uh, Captain Falcon, but slower, I guess. Because, I mean, that's really all he kind of was to begin with, but now it's like, yeah, they finally decided to give him his sword from Twilight Princess. Hooray! <laughs> or, was it? No, is that, that? Yeah. No, no, it's a different sword. Yeah, but he feels wrong, though. God, what am He's I thinking of when he had that sword? I think that's I, I think that's just, I prefer to play characters that aren't like heavyweights in Smash in general, though. Because, like, I never also really cared much for Bowser, but he feels a lot, like, easier to control and faster and more lightweight than Ultimate. Yeah, too. I don't like so Bowser like Ultimate more. either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. I just want to play a character that weighs 10 is... tons and not move, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest thing is, apparently, like, Robin is kind of one of the heavier characters now, or, like, kind of always has been, and I never felt that way about Robin in particular. Yeah, neither did I. Maybe it's because I actually put in the effort to learn how to play Robin back in Smash 4, because I liked you know fire emblem awakening got me to play fire emblem and care about it so mm-hmm. it's like yeah i liked having robin included because yes it is another anime sword person but it's an anime sword person that's more of a sorcerer than anything <laughs> just happens to also have a sword oh yeah very fair um so apart from uh the monumentous events of today what have you been doing this week <laughs> uh just <sighs> It's been a little bit of a rough one, just in terms of, like, all the shit I tried to cram in for my last week off of work before I go back in after the surgery. Because, I mean, like, I started having car problems during, like, Labor Day weekend when my car would stall. And it's like, that seems to at least be sorted out. Like, they uh, they got the chance to look at my car and, on Tuesday, and they basically were like, oh, it looks like the throttle body is, like, all kicked up, and that can cause stalling, so we cleaned that and everything. Didn't appreciate that they never actually called me to get authorization to do any of that work, but my car works. But I'm also not going to bring it back there because of that, and also the fact that they misgendered me twice on the phone. So, Ooh. goodbye. How yeah. lovely. Fun. <laughs> yes, I'm calling about a car for a person named Chloe and trying to do my best femme voice, and you're going ahead and calling me sir. Great. Good. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, people. But yeah, that's how I started the week, and uh, on that same day, I also had to work, uh, walk uh, 36 minutes to Planned Parenthood for blood work, because I couldn't have my car by then. <laughs> so I had to, and it was also pouring rain, so at least I had the foresight to buy an umbrella before the rain hit, so... Because, like, I still haven't replaced my umbrella since a co-worker at my old shitty job at Pepways fell slash sat on it <laughs> by accident. Yeah, ripped to that umbrella. That was a good, like, it, it was... That umbrella got me, like, so many, like, weird looks and a little bit of laughter at me back on college campus, because it was, like, a very big umbrella to the point where, like, multiple people could fit under it, rather than the small umbrellas you usually think of. 
But when it actually, like, rained hard or there was, like, harsh winds, it was the only umbrella that was standing. Because you'd always see all those, like, little ones busted up and in trash cans. And it's like, yeah, check it out, motherfuckers. You, you, you look at this and, like, you're like, oh, what's with that person with the big umbrella? And it's like, my umbrella is fucking alive. <laughs> and then for... It survived multiple hurricanes also. And, like, the thing that finally did it in was, like, mechanic falling slash sitting on it (laughs) (laughs) so it's like he he felt bad but i was like actually this is kind of amusing to me but also i haven't paid to find a good umbrella like that since so i'm back to just a normal collapsible one but it's okay well okay but uh (laughs) yeah but then uh the day after which would be just yesterday i got the covid booster and the flu shot so my arm is pretty okay i have most of my range of movement it's just a little bit sore but yeah it's like it's it's been a busy week already (laughs) i can imagine that's uh that's that's quite a lot yep good thing i at least have the foresight to change my uh other follow-up with my surgeon to be today uh telehealth so i did that earlier today rather than driving an hour and a half to her clinic because all she had to do was she basically decided to look at the scars and be like, yep, they all look good. You're, you're okay to do other stuff and go back into work. And it's like that entire conversation t- took five minutes. So it's like, I'm glad I didn't drive an hour and a half for you to look at my tits for five minutes and then be driving another hour and a half back. Because <laughs> also, I mean, that was before I really even like drove around a little bit more today to get some new bras and everything. So I didn't want to like test my car as much for an hour and a half. But I drove it around for like basically like forty minutes a day and didn't stall anymore, so it seems to be resolved, at least. Well, that's nice, yeah. <laughs> yep. Eventful last week before going back into work. <laughs> Gotta cram it all in when I can, I guess. Alas, work. <laughs> yep. That thing you need to do to be able to participate in our capitalistic hellscape. <laughs> and yet, I'm looking at a beautiful sleeveless uh one of my wonderful long vests right now, and I want it, so I have to... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, there's another option there if you don't want to pay for it. You know, you know it, as much it, as I wish Minecraft, I could steal something steal from the it. internet... <laughs> <laughs> like, if I could 3D print clothes, yes, absolutely, but unfortunately, I do not have the skill to sew. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I did some stuff this week, believe it or not. I uh, actually went somewhere and did stuff. Um, there's a community center here in London, the uh, the Ween Community Center, it's called, and they have a little library. So I put in some time volunteering there. Oh, fun! And uh, I didn't do anything that I was supposed to be there to do. Because someone rented the space last week, and they just ruined it. Just books Uh, everywhere. They trashed the place. Like, they're going to have to have the carpets replaced in the center because of the stuff that these people did. And I just... Oh, jeez. Yeah. PSA, if you're using a community center, it's a community space. Treat it good. Don't screw it up for everybody. Yeah, jeez, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, today my job was going through every single book they threw off the shelves and finding which ones were damaged and which ones weren't. Um, so you had to go like page by page, basically? Pretty much, yeah. Ugh. I'm really glad that I was able to be there and provide that help for the center. They really needed the volunteers. But also, I'm really upset that they needed me to do that. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, you, you were there to help out rather than having to, like, re fix the damage that a bunch of assholes did. Exactly, really. yeah. I mean, you still helped, but not the help you were expecting. Yeah, I'm... What they have me supposedly going there for is digitizing the collection. Because right now they've got all their books uh, written down in a paper notebook, and that's how they keep track of who checks stuff out. So I'm putting them into a digital catalog for them. Yeah, it's a lot more useful. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, not going to happen if people keep being jerks. So again, don't be jerks. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, just, again, to bring it back to the historic events of today, you know, everybody keeps, like, bringing around the whole, like, you shouldn't speak ill of the dead, but it's like, but then you never really see the Yu-Gi-Oh meme of, like, well, don't be a piece of shit while you're alive, <laughs> kind of reversal card. And it's like, yeah, I agree with that. Don't, if you don't want people to be, like, pissed off at you, don't be a shit while you're alive, <laughs> in general. <laughs> that hard to not be a piece of shit. <laughs> Whether it be... Being a 70-year monarch of a colonialist shitty empire, or just being the shitbag who fucks up the community center. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very... Uh, I don't know. I don't have a word for it exactly. It's just so... There are not that many public spaces in London that you can just be, you know? And so to take one of those and to actually rent it and to spend your money to 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 take time there and then to ruin the place, it's, why? It, what, what? There's not a benefit to it. What enjoyment could you possibly get out of ruining things for people like this? Yeah. So I don't know, but either way, that's uh, that's something I'll be working on going forward. So that's nice to have in my pocket. It's good to get out of the house even if it is an hour on the bus away from me <laughs> oh yeah that's that's a bit of an investment to then have to be like oh we need you more to just go ahead and fix this fuck up that other people did yeah well i mean i'm gonna be there a while anyway this is a huge project so it's gonna mm -hmm. take multiple visits i'm not bothered about needing one extra one you know yeah but still yeah and the other thing I started doing this week is I started playing Infamous 2014, and who boy is that a game? <laughs> uh, Wait, which which one? Because like I think of Infamous when it comes to like the the superhero. Yeah, that's the games, one. But then which one is? Uh, the 2014 Wait. one, the first one. Oh. <laughs> God, my stupid idiot brain was like, like thinking of like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, where it's like, which one was twenty fourteen? Oh. <laughs> we're just talking about the year it was released. Yeah, no, no, it's <laughs> the, the the original, you mean? Yeah, yeah, that's I guess a way to put it. <laughs> it's uh, I wanted is, to play is that this. Still only on PS? Hmm? Is that only still on PS three? Uh, yes, you can stream it on PS five if you have a membership, or you have to have the disc. So yeah. Gotcha. And specifically, you have to have the disc and a PS3. It does not forward compat. Mm -hmm. So, fun. But yeah, that sure didn't, is a 2014 game. The... Wow. Yeah. Didn't they put that guy in PlayStation? Definitely not Smash Bros. Sony PlayStation All-Stars Brawl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, along such other uh, Sony exclusive characters like the Big Daddy and Isaac Clarke from Dead Space. 
they're definitely Sony games. Well, I mean, they did, but they actually put him in twice, you see, because they had Good Cool and Evil Cool as separate characters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, because I can't. That first, those games had like a morality system and all. They do, and it is it, extremely a 2014 morality system. It's so rough. Did, uh, did the PS4 one have a morality system? I do not uh, know. I haven't gotten to that. Okay. I assume yeah, so, the... but yeah, I don't remember anybody talking about like the arbitrary, like mid, like mid slash, like early twenty tens morality system kind of thing with that one. Yeah, it's very clearly inspired by um, I want to say the Knights of the Old Republic Star Wars games, insofar right, as like a like a like a very Mass Effecty one where if you go all renegade, you have the weird like Reaper tech. Like, scars showing in your face and your eyes glow. Well, that a little bit, but I mean more like the powers are locked to specific levels of good and evil power. Yeah. So if you're yeah. only one point good, then you don't get the two point good powers, etc. And it's just right. very... The one thing I will give it is that, as far as I can tell, there's no major... Like, normally in a game like this, the evil powers will be way better to try and tempt you into going evil, and that doesn't seem to be the case here. Right. So I'll give them points for that. But at the same time, the morality choices are just, like... <laughs> Isn't, can't you, like, basically drain a person's, like, electric soul from them in that game as, like, an evil thing or something? Uh, yeah, that's a... Th so, like, anytime you knock somebody down, you have the option of using electricity to tie them up, question mark, or using electricity to heal them, or uh, just draining all the bioelectricity from their body to heal yourself. Oh, yeah, okay, yes, I do distinctly remember that from the demo, because there was a demo from that one out originally. And I remember that and being like, oh, this is a dumb thing. <laughs> and yes, you absolutely can knock somebody down, heal them, knock somebody down, heal them, knock somebody down, drain their power, knock somebody down. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's so minuscule on the, uh, the alignment chart. You could probably go around vampiring people all day as long as you made the good choices in cutscenes and it would still be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Now the, the 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 choices in the cutscenes are just so blatantly like people complain about good and evil choices in games, but in this one it's like save a bunch of cops from the Joker or murder a random passerby. <laughs> it's how are these things even related? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, you said this is 2014. I feel like this game was, like, way earlier, because, like, 2014, the PS4 was out by then, and I'm pretty sure that other infamous game, the third one, was a launch title on the PS4. I will check again, but I'm pretty sure this is... Do, 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 do. Googling. Gotta sing a little Google song so it's not dead air on the podcast. <laughs> da, 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 da. Infamous video game. You're right. That is 2009. Okay, that that seems way more in line with like arbitrary, stupid morality system. Because I was like in the midst of Mass Effect, uh, like big attention on that series. Cause, yeah. Because like, that, that was a uh, I think Infamous 2014 is Second Son. That was way off. <laughs> okay, but that's that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like I think like Infamous released like a little bit before the second Mass Effect, because I'm pretty sure that was like spring twenty twenty no twenty ten. Okay. Yeah, there's 
I'm going to finish this game. I'm interested in this series. This is one of the reasons I wanted a PlayStation in the first place, back in, mm-hmm. I guess, 2009. But uh, it's a lot in very frustrating ways. The main character, Cole, is one of the you know generic, stoic, badass characters. And he has to be because of the morality system. He can't have too much personality or it would conflict with his morality, you see. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so we end up with stuff like uh, you have a girlfriend as the game starts, and then she breaks up with you after the disaster that causes the game to start, and you literally just do not care. You don't call her. You don't have any emotions about that whatsoever. It, as far as I can tell, Cole does not think about this girlfriend again until he happens accidentally bump into her during the second act. <laughs> kind of reminds me of uh, the fucking dumbass from uh the first Watch Dogs game because <laughs> like i'm pretty sure like his niece dies in like the intro and then he's just like just still a protagonist man the entire time yeah basically. yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also like this is 2008 and people spend i don't know how much of the game this happens but to the point where i'm at at least people have spent the entire game referring to cole as the terrorist so <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem imo yeah <laughs> you know it's it's like one of those things where it's like you remember uh how like multiple times uh activisions like various studios have blamed like acts of like shitty militaristic uh behavior on america's part on other countries like how they tried to claim that russia was responsible for something in uh, I forget which one it was. There was definitely one in like the last like four or five years where they were like, "Oh, this like terrible event of a bunch of civilians being slaughtered was because Russia." And it's like, no, actually, that historical event was America. You're trying to just do a bunch of stupid military propaganda bullshit in this game. <laughs> to be fair, that's what that series always has been. <laughs> but still, <laughs> you remember when they actually like had fun with Call of Duty in one time when they just put you out in space with Jon Snow? <laughs> As the villain. I can't say I've ever there? played Call of Duty, but I missed that. That was a good era. Yeah, I, I only really played, like, the first couple around the time when COD 4 was released, because everybody played COD 4, really, because COD 4 was, like, the COD game that put COD on the map <laughs> in a lot of ways. And then, like, I played, like, I think the the one after that, which was, like, a World War Two one, and I want to say maybe the one after that. I, I played a little bit of the Battle Royale mode that they released a couple years back with my friends at the time, just because they were like, we don't want to play anything else. So it's like, okay, I guess I'm going to download this as well from <laughs> EGS, because I don't have any single-player games to play at the moment, and I want to play with my friends, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's like... Bad, bad series. I don't know how people stick with just playing Call of Duty all the time and buying every one of those year after year, but to be fair, I mean, people do that same thing with Madden. And <laughs> whatever, I guess more power to them if they can get enjoyment of yearly video game releases like that, but it's like, oh boy, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing I want to say about Infamous 2009, I guess, um, it's a shooter. It it really is. It's just you have right, electricity yeah, yeah, powers you have a lot of, instead of yeah, a gun. Yeah, like, right? Yeah. And it is so unbelievably janky. It's <laughs> like maybe this would have flown back in two thousand nine, but I'm having extreme difficulty playing this game because it's so hard to aim. So yeah, I uh, am yeah, doing it mostly is... melee. 
Yeah, I want to say that I think Second Son really makes it not be a shooter, but also like you have a very different like power set. Like, pretty sure like the main powers that that guy has are like smoke related powers and like neon related powers and stuff like that. Yeah, something like so that. It's, like, yeah, it's a lot different. <laughs> also, I mean, they don't just have the protagonist be like a generic uh, white dude in that one compared to the first two games. <laughs> Oh, I'm oh, oh, curious. and the hallucination sequences. It's 2009, so there have to be hallucination sequences oh, in the yeah, video Oh, yeah, no, game. of course, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, this was, like, this was uh, after the first two Dead Space games were out, so of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least the first one. I don't remember when Dead Space 2 released. It might have... Dead Space 2 might have... No, no, Dead Space... No, Dead Space 2 was uh, 2011, I remember now, because it was, like, uh, only, like, maybe, like... It was early January that year, because I was living in Pennsylvania at the time after I graduated from college, and I accidentally locked myself out of the house at the time, because that was when I was at the, uh, the Pennsylvania house. My parents have, you know, basically just, like, trying to live on my own for the first time. And uh, that was... that. That was a that was a fun experience because I was trying to also clean uh, my old ferret rascal's cage at the time, so he was in like a carrier for two hours as I had to wait for my sister to drive in for <laughs> like she was at least an hour away at college to get me back inside, and he was like Ollie uh, no uh, no that wasn't Ollie that was Rascal Rascal was pissed <laughs> he was not happy I gave him a lot of treats and pets as a as a compensation because I was trying to clean his cage and everything and I actually locked myself out. <laughs> So that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it was... I wasn't super keyed into video games back then, but I think it was Batman that really started this trend. And every game just has a major... Uh, uh, you get a drug on you or whatever, and you hallucinate stuff sequence. And... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, is it the, it's the first or the... I think it's the first of the... It might be actually both of the first two Arkham games where you have like a scarecrow drug sequence. I'm pretty sure it's in all of them. I I never played the third one because I distinct, distinctly remember just like everything about the PC version of it being just broken as hell at launch, <laughs> to the point where they had to like take it down from Steam for months on end. Yeah. To try to fix. Well, yeah. Part of the plot of the third one is that Scarecrow floods the entire city with his gas. So. While I don't remember uh, I a specific it. scene, it would surprise me if there wasn't one, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, no, there's gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it now. Uh, Giant Bomb's old review of Infamous, four and a half, like 4.4 stars, because that was back when Giant Bomb apparently did percentages <laughs> of stars. All right. <laughs> I don't know. That's out of five, because they don't do out of ten. <laughs> but yes, the reason I bring that up is because they are so janky and lazy. It is very obvious in this game that they're only putting these sequences in because everyone's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, the screen will flash different colors, so the sky is a different color, and you see really big versions of the bad guys that aren't actually there, and that's it. <laughs> yep. That's, uh, that's, uh, early... That's, like, mid to late aughts video games for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm let down, honestly. Because in the Batman games, those are, like, the best. Having that wild platformer in an entirely different reality, those are great sequences. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, those, those are, like, the kind of parts that actually really stick in my mind from Arkham Asylum and Arkham City still. Because, like, I really don't remember a whole lot of those games besides Arkham City also being a bit too big with too many Riddler trophies. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, I, 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 
You may be talking to the wrong person about that. <laughs> I mean, I say that at the same time that I'm like almost about to hit the 90-hour mark in Xenoblade 3, and I still haven't gotten really past the beginning of Chapter 5 of 7. <laughs> so, <laughs> the difference being is that uh, it turns out when it's like just anime bullshit with a cat girl, I guess I pay attention more than just... Batman. <laughs> you may or may not be talking to a person who collected every single Riddler trophy in every Batman Arkham game. Oh boy. Including How the VR the... one and the 3DS one. <laughs> How many of those are there in Arkham Knight? Because <laughs> I remember I there like were like 600 something. in City. Ugh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh... Yeah, that's a bit much. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. I'm trying to Google it and no one's giving me a solid answer. <laughs> 243. So not that many, actually. Oh, okay. So actually, less than Arkham City. Hmm. So I think I remember the number 400 for a city for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I did all of those. I think it totaled out at around 950, if you count all of the games, so that's me. That sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right, because I feel like there were at least like 100 in Arkham Asylum. Yeah, I think it was like 120. Yeah, something like that. Oops, I accidentally just punched my mic there. <laughs> there were, I think, eight in the VR game. There were not many. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I imagine it's kind of harder to hide them everywhere in a VR game, considering that, like, VR games have to really, like, kind of limit your movement to either be teleports or be, like, an on-rails thing. I mean, not... Okay, you know what? Here we go. VR gripes. <laughs> <laughs> I do not play a lot of VR games because I'm frustrated by how limited the movement is. And I recognize that people have motion sickness issues, but that's not a thing that I've ever had a problem with. So I want to be able to turn that off and just play it like a real game, but I can't, and that makes me play less VR games. Hmm. Yeah. I've got a program on my computer that turns uh, older games into VR versions of themselves, right? So I've played New Vegas VR, and that's great, because it's free movement, but... Mm -hmm. The instant you get me into Fallout 4 VR, I can't stand it because it's all that teleport nonsense. Right, I forgot they released Fallout 4 VR, like, officially. Yep, sure did. And Skyrim. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Skyrim one I remember distinctly, but I don't... I, I guess I could have sworn they kind of just dropped Fallout 4, like, early on because not as many people liked it compared to New Vegas and 3. Yeah, no, I totally forgot they did that, too. <laughs> huh. I've never tried a VR game because I know I will definitely barf everywhere trying to play one of those. And also, I wear glasses, so I can't really put a headset on. <laughs> I think it's extremely cool, but uh, regrettably, I don't see enough to make me want to invest, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I have an old Oculus from way back when, when they first came out. I have a Gen 1 Oculus. <laughs> And I have never seen a reason to upgrade, because there's just not been anything compelling enough to make me do that yet. I mean, that's that's just the general problem with VR as a whole, isn't it? It's like, they need to make like it compelling enough to uh, a mass market, but at the same time, 
it kind of just always will read as a bit of a gimmick just because it's like well why would i spend hundreds of dollars for a mode that makes most people motion sick and also like severely limits the kind of games you can make with it because it's cool as hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah but also like i mean like being able to like you know hit a tennis racket with the with the waggle controls on the Wii was cool as hell, but then they also never did anything with that. Okay, yes, <laughs> and but for some Star Wars and for Squadrons. some reason they still have, yeah, yeah, but like I don't know, for some reason they still have not gone past that to the point where the Switch still has controls like that <laughs> at times. It's like I don't know. I get that. Look, I get that a lot of people swear by the motion control aiming in Splatoon, but I am also like, I just can't. This is a shooter, and I need to have a second stick or keyboard and mouse to do this. <laughs> and like, really, like Splatoon is like the only game I can actually really play that's a shooter with a controller anymore. But also, I don't play shooters besides Splatoon anymore anyway. <laughs> Yeah, because also in Splatoon, it isn't exactly just a shooter because it's way more about like territory control and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, killing other people with the paint is useful, but it's not the focus point. <laughs> I really liked what uh, Star Wars Squadrons did. It's a full game, like, in its own right. It's a $60 game, but mm -hmm. it comes with natural VR integration. So if you have a headset, it turns into a VR game. Yeah, because that was the... The, 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 the flight sim, yeah. The dogfighting game, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's extremely cool. I really, really like that game. Uh... I never want to fly an X-Wing again. Those are terrible to fly, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, you talk about the Empire fighting the Rebels. The Rebels must have been so much better than the Empire, because those things are impossible. I'd... <laughs> you control how fast you're going with a lever. <laughs> it's, it's just a... a... TIE Fighter? Hmm? In a TIE Fighter? No, TIE Fighters oh, have, like, full-on controls and all. They're, they're like, oh, yeah, professional yeah, they, they, machines. They have, the, they, have like, they have, like, the two, like, joystick things attached to whenever they're piloting them, right? Yeah, exactly. But in the X-Wing model, there's... It's just, like, a... It's, like it's position... Exactly. It's a gear shift, <laughs> and you push it forward to go faster, and you pull it back to go slower. And your other hand is suddenly on the shield's buttons, because your other hand is controlling how those work. <laughs> Well, isn't that isn't that also kind of similar to how pod racers work in Star Wars? Because like I distinctly remember like Anakin having like levers and stuff to make his pod go faster in Phantom Menace, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the pod racers you've got one handle for each lever, and forward and back controls the speed. There's no altitude, but by pulling one back, you turn the thing. That's different in an X-wing because your one hand is controlling going. Basically, 360 degrees, and also your speed. And your other hand is on the guns. I guess that's really why, like, a lot of the time you see, like, a lot of the, uh, Rebellion, uh, vehicles have, like, two people in it, because, like, I mean, in particular, I'm thinking of the, uh, the snow speeders, because yeah. you need the other guy in the back for, like, the... I don't know if it's like a full gunning position. It's definitely like the cable at the least. It might be like a rear gun, but I forget. I think it's a rear gun, yeah, because like the snow speeders are yeah. modified aliens and they've got uh, forward cannons too. So yeah, but yeah. Somehow the, uh... it always comes back. Somehow we always just spend a lot of time making BB jokes uh, talking about Chira and also Star Wars talking about Chira. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also my cat is making a lot of noise right now, so I apologize for that. Uh, I, I don't hear Ziggy at all. You will, I'm sure. But... At the, yeah, at the least she's not coming in on my side. <laughs> she might be in the, in the recording overall. 
the X-Wings are fighters that are about 30 years out of date as of A New Hope, and you really feel that in this game. It's... <laughs> it's, it's a lot. But yeah, um, that's, that's about 40 minutes of catching up, so let's, uh, what do you say we jump into uh, catching up in other ways? <laughs> yeah, probably should. Alright. My episode today is She-Ra Season 3, Episode 5, Remember. We open on Adora waking up in the Fright Zone, with Catra just kind of hovering over her. <laughs> uh, Adora panics and throws her off, but th essentially the extent of her panic is just waving her hands in the air, unhelpfully. I don't know what she's doing here. It kind of looks like she's pretending to be an octopus, but... <laughs> Yeah, she's just excited about Splatoon 3 launching in three hour, uh, two hours, actually, now at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we better hurry up and finish, then. Yeah. Katra is, in fact, friendly, though, because uh, Adora is confused. She doesn't know where she is or why, but Katra just reminds her that everything's fine. Perfect, in fact. Because despite her dreams, nothing needs to be fixed. They're, they're just in her barracks in the Horde. And also, they're late for something. And they just kind of walk off, but uh, as she goes, she spots her Force Captain badge in a mirror and has a weird flashback moment with it. We'll talk about these flashbacks later, I assure you. <laughs> We're also going to hear just a lot of what really just sounds like the, the Reaper laser sound effect from the Mass Effect games as well throughout this episode. <laughs> and the next, just that... <laughs> Honestly, I didn't key into that, so... Uh, I guess I guess it's really just because that's like the thing I really still remember the most about Mass Effect is just how much of a stupid sound that dubstep laser is. <laughs> I love that dubstep laser. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it just makes no sense that again uh, talking about squids, I guess, of a different nature compared to Splatoon. But it's like just those stupid like robot cephalopods is having a dubstep laser cannon to annihilate entire civilizations. Well, I mean, every time it's a Reaper amusing. fires that cannon, that is over a ton of particulate matter reduced to its atomic density that is then being fired at the speed of light. It makes a weird noise, okay? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you've got a better idea for how to for what a ton of atoms sounds like when you accelerate them to light speed... <laughs> Like, all I'm saying is that there's probably more uh, useful ways to purge an entire galaxy's worth of people than a laser beam. You could have, like, bombs or something. I don't know. I don't know. You could you can figure out something more than just having to, like, fly into the atmosphere and direct a laser and just be like, all right, well, this is this is my life in the next few months as I slowly try to eradicate the planet. It's not a laser, though. It's a real gun. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it looks like a laser to me. <laughs> I know that. I know that Mass Effect they talk about rail guns and stuff, and that's what the ships actually have. But they really just look like laser beams. <laughs> well, I mean, sure, they didn't have the budget. <laughs> Wait. Um, yeah, so uh, they're they're just walking through the halls, and the Horde soldiers are kind of impressed by Adora's presence and whispering about her, and then they actively cheer for her. It's Kind of a weird blink there. And she doesn't super get why, but Katra reminds her that, of course, they're thrilled that she's here. She was the hero of the invasion of Thamor. Everyone loves her now. And she has a flashback to Bo and Glimmer evacuating Thamor, but this mostly seems to reinforce that she was the Horde hero who helped conquer it. Huzzah. <laughs> 
uh, Katra reveals that they're going to the locker room because there's something she needs to show Adora, which gets us to another weird point. Um, the layout of the Fright Zone is different than Adora remembers it. There's just doors that aren't there, and Katra thinks this is to totally normal, but whatever. I guess there's multiple ways to enter the locker room also. <laughs> um, so Adora and Katra start fighting in the hallway, but it's play fighting. It's just horseplay. They're wrestling is what they're doing. It's, it's extremely gay. Um, and eventually they fight their way into the locker room, where Lonnie, Kyle, and Rogelio have prepared their surprise, which is a mound of horde ration bars with Adora's face carved into it. <laughs> um, you skipped over the very important discussion about Adora's dumb little hair poof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Which, uh, which gives her plus one to AC and another use of meta magic per long rest. <laughs> it's, it requires attunement, though. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah. So again, <laughs> in, in whatever reality, Kyle also still just ends up dying a lot of the time. In this case, it's because of starvation, I guess. Yeah, he's got no food for a week here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that boy's dead. Again. <laughs> if I'm honest, I'm kind of surprised that this is even a thing, since they don't have cake in the Fright Zone. I would figure that they would just hand over oh, the bars yeah, instead right. of going to the trouble yeah. to mush them together. Why would... Yeah, why would... <laughs> I mean, again, it's like, as we find out, I mean, this is obviously not the real world because of the portal being on, and also, obviously, it's the door is, like, you know, uh, consciousness, like, having an influence on it, because it's like, yeah, we know what cake is now. Well, I don't think it's a door is consciousness. I think these are the real people. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's one it's one of those things that it's like yeah when you stop and think about it, it's like right yeah if it is if it is it's really them I mean because like Bo and Glimmer remember like talking to Adora in the weird other world by the time they actually get out and all exactly so it's like why would they not why how did they know what cake is <laughs> maybe they were just like oh well what if we just take these small individual bars and mush them together in one big bar yeah <laughs> so they just think it's a big bar even though it like definitely looks like a cake yeah. Adora also notes that the gray bars taste better than the brown ones, and I just... I don't want to think about what these things are made of. It really bothers me that Hordak is now it, a Soylent it, it, bro. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it really just reminds me of the uh, the protein bars in Snowpiercer. <laughs> <laughs> would not surprise me if Hordak's feeding these people bugs. <laughs> Honestly, that would probably be fine. Like, bugs are a good source of protein. And if they're in ration bars, then you don't have to worry about the Lex. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you know what it is, though, it's not as fine. <laughs> Just because you're like, oh, this is what we've been eating this whole time. <laughs> Listen, I would not eat a whole bug, but I would absolutely eat processed bug meat. That's fine. I don't care. Mm. Food is food. I just don't want it to sting me or have legs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, food is food, but still. <laughs> I know, I know. Obviously, other cultures do eat bugs, and apparently, they are actually pretty good and all. But it's like, yeah, but it's still this the, it's the it's the culture of it where it's like, yeah, no, we have grown up in America where eating bugs is like a thing that your parents tell you not to do when you're a kid because you obviously you want to put the bug in your mouth. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not as it's not as prevalent here. Obviously, I guess I should say this is all like. I'm talking tough about eating bugs now, and on the surface, yes, absolutely, I would try it, but... But in the... yeah, <laughs> but in the moment... Well, not even that. Like, if you handed me a processed bug bar, yes, I'm gonna eat it. I just... 
my super taster thing makes me extremely sensitive to some tastes, and I don't know what bugs taste like, so it's very possible that I would hate it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Either way, um, bug talk aside, <laughs> oh, we are in a mood today. It's going to be a long one. Um, yep. <laughs> Catra? Yeah, hmm? add, add us in the episode comments of whether or not you would eat bugs if you had to, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if only we had asked questions about respond, eating bugs respond, this episode. <laughs> yeah, respond, to the, respond to the tweet that I'll put up with this episode linking it and let us know whether or not you eat a bug. <laughs> but not like a process bug, just a bug bug. <laughs> a bug bug? Or I no. guess also if you were there. Also, I guess if you would eat a bug bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. B- bug bugar. I'm trying to now combine bug and bar, and it, they're both too short of words, so I can't. <laughs> Berg. <laughs> um. Oh, now, now I'm now I'm trying to think of how to combine burger and bug. That's bug bugger. And so Adora and Catra start wrestling a little more, and Adora tries to thank her girlfriend, who keeps insisting that she doesn't like her, but this causes Kyle to throw the cake into the air, and it splats onto the floor. The others start food fighting, but Adora sees the word Mara written in the top of the cake instead of the face doodle, and it really shakes her. Uh, Shadow Weaver then shows up to dress them down for food fighting and being on the floor, but it seems pretty positive now. She actually seems to like Catra. It's just that since they're adults and in leadership positions, they can't be goofing off throwing food at each other. They have to be better than that. Um, Shadow Weaver does ask Adora to come away with her. She pulls her aside to commend her for being such a good leader, and to her credit, Adora does push that praise back onto her team. But that's not super why they're here, because Hordak is giving them a new mission. See, the thing is, Adora is going to be the leader that finally drives the Horde to crush the princesses for good, just like she always wanted to. Everything is perfect. And this really bothers Adora. She has, like, a vision of Mara, or of Raz calling her Mara. But then she has to go to the Force Captain briefing. She doesn't have time to process her feelings. I think this is how the Horde does a lot of things, if I'm honest. Oh yeah, no, definitely. They never let you have the time to really stop and think about things, because if you did, you would realize that you work for the evil fucking empire from space. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, as Bo says in the very first episode, they're literally called the evil Horde yeah, exactly. by everyone. <laughs> I guess except the Horde themselves. They they dropped the evil part. It was a, it was a whole branding image that they, Hordak had to deal with over generations, I guess. <laughs> however long he's been here <laughs> but eventually he got enough people to forget because the people like you remember i guess died at some point just to old age i mean we know how long he's been here he's been here a thousand years so <laughs> uh, i really wonder what he was doing for most of that time because it kind of seems like the horde only showed up like 30 years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and anyway in the briefing adora meets scorpia for the first time and scorpia just immediately does not like her. It's on sight. Uh, she starts tearing apart Adora's looks and makes fun of her hair poof and even makes fun of her name. But then the briefing starts, so she has to shut up. But no, Scorpia, you need to you need to have solidarity with your fellow lesbians. <laughs> also, like, it's, it's just pretty funny that she's making fun of Adora's name when her name is really her species. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's fair. 
Either way, uh, Cobalt starts the briefing, and uh, fun little note about Cobalt. If you go to the Wikipedia or the, uh, the the Shira wiki page for this episode, he is repeatedly referred to as the unnamed sergeant, despite being Cobalt. So I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> Maybe Adora just doesn't know his name is Cobalt, That's... but like everybody else does. That's why he's unnamed sergeant. Well, I don't know because even in the voice credits they give for the episode. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so th- this next mission that they're going on is that they're attacking the Selenius Seagate, and they're going to do that about a week from now. But someone throws Adora a note with the word Mara written on it, and as Cobalt starts to bring images of princesses up on the view screen, just to, like, warn the captains about them, Adora starts getting flashbacks to the rest of the show, you know, seeing herself with the other princesses. And uh, she freaks out a little bit, just jumping to her feet and knocking her chair over and demanding to know what's going on. And things are getting noticeably weirder now because the view screen that we were just looking at is gone and no one seems to realize that that's weird. Uh, She's also suddenly holding a sheaf of paper that she wasn't before, so she just drops that and books it. And this is where she sees the first uh, crack in reality. It's just like a big white void with tendrils extending into the, well, into reality. (laughs) And it's only there for just the briefest of moments before Catra shows up to confront her. And Adora asks if Catra wrote the note, but it is just a blank piece of paper now. So this is where Adora starts having a full-on panic attack. Because she's just overwhelmed by half-formed memories and the knowledge that something is broken that she needs to fix, and the repeating image of a sword, but uh, Catra's solution to this is to slap her in the face. Uh, (laughs) She explains this as freaking out because Adora was freaking out, but this feels a little weird to me. Uh, There's a discussion to be had here. I don't know if you want to save this for later. I think we should, but we'll get there. Okay. And uh, so they just all of a sudden warp to the top of the tower, which Catra claims that they climbed, but Adora doesn't remember this at all. She's she's unlocked fast travel. Um, <laughs> she's beginning to think that she's losing her grip on reality, but Catra insists that she is fine. Everything is perfect. Just chill out, and soon they're going to rule the world together like they always planned. But except Adora unknowingly actually is accurate in her assumption of I'm losing my grip on reality. It's like yeah, yeah, the reality is tearing apart around you. <laughs> and Adora does admit that she's not super sure she wants to rule the world actually, and Catra uh, is bothered by this. But more of the cracks, the, the the flashes, almost like lightning, start to illuminate the city, and she can't deal with Catra being disappointed because she's too upset that Catra can't see what she can. Uh, Lonnie calls them down from the tower, and they just warp down, because the team is being sent to Selenius tonight. Uh, Adora's confused because it's not supposed to be for another week, but apparently they spent a week up on the tower, so (laughs) that's a lot. Uh, Fast travel has its downsides, I guess. Yeah, you know, it, it just a similar thing happens in Blade Three. Whenever you use fast travel, it also progresses the in-game clock a bit, just because it's like, oh yeah, it's like you're you obviously walk there rather than characters t- literally teleporting. But we're not going to make you walk there yourself. But still, time is fast. Yeah, it's just the the way that they're doing it here. Uh, you just you appear to teleport instantly, but it actually takes you like a week longer to do a thing than it would normally. <laughs> You just, have, you just have a really fucking long loading screen that takes an actual week to process in the new zone. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, so she's she's really upset at this point because her memories just don't line up with what's going on, and time doesn't seem to be working right. And Catra's trying to reassure her that everything is okay, but no one else really even understands why she's upset. No one else even really seems bothered that she's clearly having a mental breakdown. <laughs> I mean, as established already, the Horde does not actually have, like, mental health counselors of any sort. I mean, okay, yes, that is true, but if your Force Captain suddenly does not realize that time is passing, if it's been a week and she doesn't realize it, you've got a problem that you need to deal with right now. <laughs> no, obviously Hordak just uh, gets rid of them and gets a new person promoted. It's like, yep, nope, next person. <laughs> No, no time to waste trying to help this person process their shit. We gotta get just get rid of them and get the new person in. Right, but like I say, no one else even is concerned. You only have one chance. If you fuck up, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just like like I say, Catra is the only one that seems to even notice that something is wrong with her. Everyone else is just totally cool with her whole situation. <laughs> but I guess maybe people go off the rails all the time in the horde. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. She realizes that uh, there's only one other person who seems to think that there's anything wrong with this reality, and that is Scorpia. And now admittedly, the thing that Scorpia thinks is wrong is Adora, but still. <laughs> <laughs> so She at least knows enough to cling on to the whole not liking Adora because she technically works for the enemy side. Yeah, exactly. So Dora does approach Scorpia and ask for help, because she knows now that Scorpia doesn't think things are perfect, and that is enough justification to enlist her in a scheme. Uh, she wants to get into Hordak's sanctum, and she needs help to do that. Scorpia is super not into this, and starts making fun of Adora for not knowing that she's not allowed in there, because that's basic, basic Horde stuff. But uh, Dora insists, because all of her memories end there, so there must be something going on, and she has to figure it out. Scorpia starts putting on, like, a weird patronizing act here. I do not like this from her. I'm choosing to assume that this is because of the perfect world, but she gets very weird and patronizing, and things are going to be okay. All you have to do is stick with me as she tries to knock Adora out with her stinger. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, like, just the whole, like, conversation that she has towards Adora as she's just, like, menacingly lifting her fucking stinger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just very, very kind of fucked up and menacing. Yeah, it does not feel like a thing that Scorpio <laughs> would do in the regular timeline, but there you go, I guess. Yeah, like, she's only really used the stinger to knock out people that were, like, actually her enemies and, like, under, like, Catra's orders, technically, because, like, she did that with Bow and Glimmer mm -hmm. back in, like, Princess Prom. Yeah. That's really it, like, not since. Yeah, most of the time her tail is just a bludgeoning weapon. She doesn't sting her people. <laughs> yeah, she just bashes people with it. But, yeah. Uh, Adora turns around, so she has to not sting her real quick. I don't really know what difference her seeing you makes if you're going to sting her anyway, but whatever. Um, and Adora begs her to remember something, anything, because this is the thing that they have in common. And she mentions Catra during this begging, which gives us a shot of Scorpius flashbacks as she remembers her time with Catra. And this is where she admits that she keeps forgetting things and that reality seems to have gone wrong, and they just warped the door of Hordak's sanctum. Uh, Scorpia notices that they warped, so that's cool, because uh, no one else has this far thus far. Um, 
Uh, sorry, I was just gonna say, it is very, like, it is at least an interesting approach that early on it's only, like, Scorpia that actually recognizes that shit's wrong. Yeah. Like, not, not any, like, you know, it's like, obviously at this point we haven't actually, like, gone to, like, the Princess Alliance or anything, but it's like, it's not like Hordak or, like, even Katra, it's Scorpia of all people that's like, oh, yeah, no, this is not right, what's up, what the fuck's going on, <laughs> kind of deal. Yeah, I'm curious it, about why a... it ended up being Scorpia, you know? Yeah, like... I feel like it's just like maybe it was just a decision that they were like oh of it being like oh it'd be like too weird if it was Katra because like if Katra remembered immediately she would be like oh we're enemies and I try to attack Adora rather than help <laughs> compared to Scorpio where it's like Scorpio has at times at least like not exactly been fully antagonistic towards the the rebellion because I mean like she did side with uh uh Seahawk to help like deal with uh the big like frostworms and everything just yeah. so she could get Katra and uh, and Trapta out of there in the end. That's true. So it's like she's at least willing to like work alongside them at the in the moment if need be and put aside bygones compared to Katra where Katra again is literally trying to get the world fucking annihilated from existence to get a dub. <laughs> <laughs> so, like definitely would not be willing to work alongside Adora as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Scorpia is very nervous about getting caught breaking into Hordak's sanctum, but she ends up having a slap fight with Adora that gets them caught by the guards. Except then they flash forward and the guards are knocked out. Uh it's efficient, I'll give them that. Yeah. Uh except <laughs> then the like door a... disappears also. <laughs> I, I just like uh, Scorpion's little like freak out of like everybody's like oh no I what did I do I'm so fired. <laughs> it's like at this point that should be the least your worries because like shit's popping off and reality's breaking apart. Yeah. Also, I really want to like everything else that's going on. I get it. It's a lot, but I have to commend Adora on her bravery for getting into a slap fight with Scorpia because those pincers are mean. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, so more and more stuff is just disappearing, and they still don't know why, but since the door to the Sanctum is gone now, they need another way in. So when Adora sees a vision of Raz, she runs off chasing her, and this leads Adora down a spooky hallway and then back to the into a back door to Hordak's lab. Scorpia is pretty worried at this point, but Adora says that they're almost done, and then Scorpia can go back to hating her. And uh, Scorpia does say that if Adora fixes this, she won't hate her, just dislike her a reasonable amount. It's cute. And then they hold hands. They gay. It's very gay, but it only lasts for about twenty seconds. It's so disappointing. But still twenty seconds of gay. It is. They hold hands for support as they walk through the big spooky lab. It's nice. Um the portal isn't here though, and they let go so Adora can freak out about the portal not being here. <laughs> and uh this is again it's disagreeing with her memories because she remembers now that Catra took the sword and used it to open the portal but as she says this uh Hordak appears they hide but Imp finds them and the lab shatters in white fragments it's those cracks in reality again and then Scorpius just gone the Fright Zone is fully falling apart at this point but uh, Dora just runs outside where she sees Raz again and begs to know who she is and if all of this is real. Uh, Raz says, yeah, actually, it totally is real, but uh, you can fix it if you meet her in the woods. Don't know why she doesn't say it here, but whatever, I guess. 
Good job being mysterious, Raz. You're still batting a thousand. <laughs> um, Lonnie is here now, but Kyle and Rogelio have vanished, and Lonnie can't really remember them. She doesn't know where they are or why they're not here. Uh, more of the world just starts falling apart, and they run, just in time for Lonnie to also vanish. And Adora gets inside the Fright Zone, uh, I don't know what building this is. I wish the buildings had names, because the whole place is the Fright Zone, but this is, like, inside the Fright Zone. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like, if if the Fright Zone had, like, sadly some design to it, that you could identify, like, what kind of room it is in particular. Right, like, if I could say that this like was the headquarters, the... that would be great, but... <laughs> yeah, like, the only place to really know is, like, obviously, like, the barracks, because that's where... Uh, yeah, we know the barracks, is. we know Shadow Weaver's chamber, yeah. we know the cells, and we know Hordex Lab, and that's all we got. Pretty much. And we don't even know, like, they, they could all be in the same building. We don't know anything about the geography of this place. <laughs> yeah. But, I guess technically we know the entire prison because I mean that's part of Shadow Weaver's cell. It's just that whole stupid prison with the floating platforms. But it's like yeah, we don't know a whole lot about the actual layout of this place or any other location. Well, I guess we do know about the uh, the flaming murder tunnel. Not <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. But that's 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 leading outside. That's not really inside. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so she does grab Catra, who's just standing around in the hall, and begs Catra to go with her, telling her that all the others have vanished, but Catra doesn't remember them. And she says everything's fine, but before she can say that it's perfect, Adora insists that it's not. And we get a shot of some Catra flashbacks, but she insists there's nothing to worry about, so Adora tastes her. <laughs> and she steals a skimmer again, just like the first episode. But as they flee, the Fright Zone explodes behind them in that wild, white void. Uh, Catra wakes up right about the time they get to the Whispering Woods and tries to use the shock baton on Adora, but that causes their skimmer to crash, and they've crashed on the woods. Again. <laughs> Adora does manage to headlock her, begging not to fight because they just need to get far away from the Fright Zone because of this thing is erasing everything. But, uh, yeah, she... She admits that she wishes things could go back to the way they were, that things could be easy again, but they aren't, and pretending that they are doesn't really help anyone. It's, uh, yeah, it's rough. But it's also true, even though it's rough. Ah. <laughs> yeah, we've, been, yep. we've had a lot of that lesson in the past few years. Uh-huh. <laughs> the forest Count also starts being erased, and Adora asks why Catra opened the portal, but she doesn't remember, or claims not to. And this is where I want to talk about the thing from earlier. I think Catra remembers. I think Catra has remembered the whole time. I think she's the only person oh, who knows yeah, what's going on. Yeah, I, I also read that, like, 100% that she's just been lying, because she's like, yeah, no, it's all ever going to be erased, or I get what I want entirely, which is having everything be the way it was before. Yeah. And having things actually, like, fully better, because, like, even, like, Shadow Weaver is nice to her now. Yeah, because at the top of the episode, every time Adora voices a concern, Catra tries to direct her away from it and divert it and that sort of thing. Or, you know, slap her across the face to change what she's thinking about. Yeah. It's so... And, she, and, she's, and she's the one that keeps repeating about how things are perfect, really. Exactly, yeah. Else. We don't get confirmation on this, but I really, really think that Catra is the one who's forming this reality, and she knows what's going on here. 
I mean, considering she's the only person that really, like, comes back out of the uh, void after being consumed by it, yeah, that also seems to track with that. Yeah. <laughs> so Adora promises that they'll be okay if they just stay together, because together they can fix this. They can do anything. But, you know, this whole end-of-the-world thing can't be what Catra wanted, and this is where Catra breaks character. She insists that she will never go with Adora, and that things would have been fine if Adora hadn't just ruined it, which clearly they would not have. <laughs> no. <laughs> and starts attacking her. She's got murder in her eyes this time. Adora begs her to stop, telling her that the world is in danger, but Catra will not back down, because if she does, then Adora wins, and she would rather kill the entire planet than let that happen again. This poor girl, she's got so many issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure does. Yeah. Kill six billion people just to win one. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hey, but her KD ratio is going to be crazy good after this. Honestly, though, six billion to zero to one, that's like... <laughs> well, I mean, no, because, like, uh, ND has said that Catcher dies, like, what, four or five times in the course of the show? Eight. Basically. So it's like, yeah, it's still a really good ratio, though. <laughs> it's not a zero. <laughs> yeah, I think we're at five where we are right now, but yeah. <laughs> There's a few. Um, during the fight, though, the ground just kind of crumbles beneath her, and Catra is sucked into the void. Uh, Adora runs into the forest crying, where she meets Raz, who tells her that uh, she can still save everyone if she acts fast, because this has happened before. It's not the first time everything has gone wild, and she remembers it all. Because apparently the same thing happened when Mara sealed the world away, so... That feels like a flaw in your plan, Mara. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, Adora's very upset by this, because she thinks it's all her fault. She was just so afraid of being another Mara and destroying the world that now she's kind of let it happen again, thanks to her indecision. But Raz disagrees, insisting that Mara saved the world, and uh, all Adora has to do to follow her lead is go back to the beginning and find the sword. Adora says that didn't work, of course, since the sword wasn't in the portal, but that's not what Raz meant. When Adora says she doesn't understand, Raz tells her that all she needs to do is remember, which jogs her memories of Bow and Glimmer, which she apparently didn't have all this time. I thought she remembered everything, but I guess not. Um, yep, not and then she just runs deeper into the forest as Raz calmly walks into the void. <laughs> I'll give her this, she's got style. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no. She she's uh, the kind of she does the inverse of like uh, not looking at the explosion as you run from it kind of deal. Where she's just like, "Yep, yeah, no, I'm just gonna let it eat me up." Num, num, num. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> but then we get a shot of Catra. She has somehow survived being sucked into the void, and she wakes up. But there is something wrong with her. Her right arm and half of her face have turned a deep, electricy kind of void black. And now she's got neon pink highlights, so that's neat. Uh, they, they do glitch around strangely. It's very weird. This is this is corrupted Catra. She growls and moves into the forest after Adora, and we are left on a cliffhanger. You have to wait till next week for the other half. The end. Yeah, it can't be really don't because we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, we're super not going to do that. No. <laughs> Netflix didn't do that. We're not going to either. <laughs> Oh, right, yeah, because like, this was still when Netflix would just dump everything on at the same time, yep. right? <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, 
I feel like it's just that I'm kind of just repeating myself, but like there isn't as much to really talk about besides what we've already covered. <laughs> like it's like yeah, it's it's shit's popping off and everything's <laughs> falling apart and it's all Catra's fault and she obviously doesn't want to take responsibility or try to stop that. And it's like oh no, we really talked at length about how much Catra just will not do anything to let herself be happy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I really like this episode. It's very strange in a way that brings me back to. A lot of what I like about this show is the sort of unsettling feeling you get when they talk about first month stuff, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. back at the beginning when all of a sudden, oh no, we're in another dimension. It's it's so off-putting and weird every time anything comes up that's not a traditional fantasy adventure. And that's very much what this episode leans into, so I like that a lot. Yeah, it's, it's like very much not fantasy because it's like the weird like bullshit apocalypse sci-fi kind of stuff. Exactly. I do kind of yeah. wish Adora caught on a little quicker to what was going on, because I think it would be a more interesting episode if she was more cognizant of what was happening instead of being yeah, just like, totally like, out of it for the first 12 minutes. But Like, if she wakes up and knows immediately that shit's not right, but everybody else is acting like it's all nice and good and everything, and she's just, like, wary the entire time kind of deal or something. Yeah, maybe not that exactly, because that would, like, change a lot of the dynamic here, but... Even when she starts realizing stuff, she doesn't remember anything, essentially, until she gets into Hordak's lab, and I wish she had a little more of that awareness. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good episode. Um, I kind of wish we got more of a spooky, corrupted Catra, because I dig this design. It's very weird. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had also heard the term Corrupted Catra, so I thought she was going to be like that for a while, and then no. At least in really, no, she's, she's fine. Yeah, spoiler the, alert, she's back to normal things. next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of, should we get into yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Finish uh, Season 3, aka Season 2, Part 2. <laughs> hey, season <laughs> finale. Can't anymore after this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the season three finale, the portal, uh, opens on Bite Moon with Glimmer and An Angela. Angela, it doesn't fucking matter at this point. <laughs> I'm not gonna have to say her name again as much anymore, I guess. I'm sure well. she'll be there in five uh, <laughs> Yeah, baby. But, uh, they're actually having a healthy relationship for once, and, uh, King Micah is still alive. Yeah, very and nice of Catra to create a dream world for Glimmer. <laughs> yeah, for him to be like, yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> and then have an existential crisis later on when he finds out he's dead. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, a messenger arrives saying that they caught someone trying to break into Glimmer's room, at which point they see Adora being dragged past them. Uh, she obviously tries to like get Glimmer's attention, but they just pull her away, and Glimmer then decides to go find Bo, saying that they need to figure out who she is, despite not being fully sure why exactly, but Glimmer does feel a little, some sort of familiarity with Adora, <laughs> to the point where she's obviously just doing her usual thing of breaking all the rules to do things wrong. Well, sure, but that, Glimmer always does that. Yeah. I guess we don't even know if, if she has... world, Glimmer always does that, but... Yeah, even if she has a better relationship with her mom in the perfect world, at least uh, she's still consistent with that of breaking the rules she all the time. She is still a criminal. <laughs> yep. But yes, uh, they go ahead and teleport into the audience chamber to spy on the interrogation that her parents are doing. 
and King Micah casts a truth spell on Adora to have her explain, at which point Adora tries to explain how time, space, and reality are basically just breaking around them because of the portal and that she needs Bone Glimmer's help. <laughs> and then she does the really smart thing and tries to explain that King Micah is actually dead in reality, but uh, basically just pleads with them about how things like seem off when you really think about things closely. Like, you know, you just have to try, and then you'll realize that shit's not right. Yeah, there's a thing and... she says about not being able to remember yesterday, and I think that's probably her most convincing argument here, because, like... Yeah, <laughs> like, like think back to that, and it's like, what did you do yesterday? And it's like, you know, to be fair, I mean, there have been times where I've caught myself being like, what did I have for dinner, like, two nights ago? I don't remember, but also that's been getting old. Yeah, but that's not the same thing as not remembering yeah. at all what yesterday yeah, no, was. That's... Like, if I didn't, if I woke up this morning being like, why is my shoulder hurt and not remembering that I got two fucking vaccines jammed into it yesterday, <laughs> that, w- that would be a concerning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at that, uh, Micah just sends her off to the holding cell, which uh, they they at least repeat the funny joke about there actually not being a prison cell and that it's just the spare room again that Shadow Weaver was kept in <laughs> back in a few episodes ago. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, Bo and Glimmer then get the great idea to teleport into the room to talk to Adora, and Glimmer just demands ha- to know how Adora could be telling the truth, as her dad has never messed up a spell before, because apparently Glimmer just has Max Arcana and can know that her dad never messes up anything ever, I guess. <laughs> well, I guess all uh, reality Adora... Glimmer would have a lot more... Because Micah is pure wizard, so she might actually have some wizard levels in this reality. No, but Mike, Micah's a sorcerer, because he learned... He's a, he's a sorcerer. He went to, like, sorcerer school with uh, Shadow Weaver and he's all. He's called a sorcerer, but as we established, sorcerer school is for wizards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, apparently Glimmer just knows that he can't make a mistake when it comes to casting any spell. <laughs> We both look at the camera that is 5e where it's like, yeah, you definitely never make a mistake casting a spell ever <laughs> once. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Adora appeals to their best characteristics, just telling them like what their best, you know, like values are and everything. And manages to convince Bo that everything might be perfect, but it's still off. At which point, Glimmer realizes the truth of it with her own glimpses of reality, which her dad is just fully dead, and she has a bit of a sad moment with that, because she's like, yeah, no, he's definitely gone, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of skimmed over it, but Bo is also just a huge dork in this reality. He's not at all, like, the fighter Bo that we know of. He he is, like, just a scholar. Yeah, I don't so know I how they dad... managed it, but they made Bo look weirder and dorkier than he did in the episode where he was pretending to be a dork for his dad's. <laughs> Yeah, somehow. I guess it's I guess it's Dad's vision of the perfect world affected Bo in this one more than <laughs> Bo's actual vision of what a perfect world for him would be. Oh, that's very tragic. That poor trans yeah. boy. <laughs> yep, that poor trans boy. <laughs> but uh, at that point, the reality glitching starts to arrive at Bright Moon, and Bo gets a glimpse of Entrapta when he asks Bo. Uh, uh, yeah, no, not when Bo asks Bo. When Bo asks Adora if she knows anybody who can make a portal. And since this reality's glimmer apparently can't teleport them all the way to Drill, the best friend squad just busts out of the room and flees from the guards. Because <laughs> again, they never plan anything, and any plan they always have goes to shit anyway. So of course, why teleport? To, why try to teleport at all when we can just run away from them? Apparently. <laughs> well, I think Adora yeah, is banking uh, here on the fast travel thing happening, but it super isn't. 
<laughs> yeah, like she's always been like, oh, it's always happened in inconvenient times. I really wish it would happen when they need it. Every time I say I'm going to go somewhere, I just work there. So let's hope that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Adora knows how to cast a teleport spell, but she doesn't actually know how to cause it to happen. <laughs> so she's just like, well, I I know when I think about something that it might happen, but when I actually really think about it, it doesn't for some. I reason. think it's more like she's been granted limited access to it, not that she has the spell, you know. Yeah, she can cast it once per short rest, and she hasn't had a short rest in a bit because she's been just going crazy walking around trying to find out what's going she on. She can cast it once in a while on the condition that she is in the perfect world. It doesn't work in real life. Yeah. yeah so maybe she has maybe she has like a version of how dragons have to recharge their breath weapon or whatever, but it's on like a d twenty, and she has to roll on that twenty to actually use it. <laughs> So it's even less of a chance than a dragon being able to get it in a one in three chance. <laughs> but yes, uh, while they're just running from the guards and all, the king and queen show up to confront them, only for Angela to also get a glimpse of the truth of the world. And I thought the best friend squad falls through the floor that collapses on them, because again, like the whole reality tearing stuff is just around them. And it just also teleports them directly into Entrapta's lab and drill. Like, they see this fall right into it. <laughs> yeah, convenient for them that Entrapta wasn't in the horde, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in this reality, in her perfect world, she never actually got bothered by anybody, apparently. <laughs> Nobody came to visit her, so she never got involved in all this bullshit. <laughs> She's just hanging out for a robot, but... Well, sure, I just, like... So if the horde is never... If the horde is erased and never exists, then yes, Entrapta never gets bothered by them. But if she were in the horde base, she would have been erased with them, so it wouldn't matter that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So, yeah, you see what I'm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Definitely would have died. <laughs> well, sooner than she does. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Angela then tells Micah that she remembers what reality is and acknowledges that while this reality is perfect, she needs to let it go and help Glimmer, and she flies off as Micah basically is just like, wait, no, I, I what, I'm dead? <laughs> kind of deal, and just fade up existence as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with Entrapta, Entrapta just fully says that she's actually uh, aware that there has to be an unstable portal because she's done enough research while shit's been popping off and found out a bunch of like irregularities and stability that points to that being the only solution. And she explains that the only way to actually turn off the portal would be from within, but whoever does so would be trapped between realities forever. I, I, I need to tear apart at this explanation a little bit. They're all technically inside the portal, right? So how could it be that anybody could actually get out if the portal is stopped? Like, why is it just the one person that grabs the sword is the one that gets stuck when anybody, like, everybody else should technically be stuck, right? Because they're all inside well, at the time. Yeah, so they're all, like, they haven't passed through the portal. They're, like, stuck in stasis in the portal itself. So, presumably, when you remove the energy source, uh, the portal shuts down and everything in it is ejected. Except, I guess, for whoever's holding the sword. <laughs> Now, my gripe here is a very different one, because, uh, and, and Angela couldn't know this, this isn't her fault, but Micah's dead anyway, right? So make him do it, and then... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you already died once before, dear. I'm just gonna go ahead and sacrifice you again. <laughs> I'm just saying, that way you don't lose anybody who you haven't already lost. Just picking up her husband and yeeting him at the sword. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, yeah, no, that'd be a bit fucked up. <laughs> but, I mean, it makes sense, but also a bit fucked up that it's like, well, you could die again. <laughs> well, yeah, but also, what a hero turn, right? If he realizes that he's dead and then decides to sacrifice himself again. <laughs> but, I mean, if he... I mean, in this reality, if he is dead and all, like, I don't think that that would necessarily work, right? Because a dead person wouldn't really necessarily be able to do that to, like, not... I don't know. I guess I'm just, like, analyzing it of, like, wait, but if he's already dead, he technically wouldn't be able to actually interfere with the physical world to grab the sword, right? Well, I don't know. He seems to be able to interact with everything else. I, I guess we just don't know how real the constructs of this reality are. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess. Because <laughs> Entrapta did yeah, say it would create a new universe, so I am of the assumption that he is physically here. Like, I think this is a Micah that is alive in some way. But okay. that is just my opinion. It's not supported necessarily by the show. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, it is, again, like, we're, we're getting a bit deeper into what kids show would probably really... That is our job, and we haven't gotten to do it for too long. True, true yes. Yeah. So we haven't, we haven't been here for a while, ever since we finished Owl House, really. <laughs> uh, yes, so... Uh, Entrapta then remembers Hordak, because you get the flash of him and the work they did, but also remembers Catra's interference and also just fully shocking the hell out of her. <laughs> and she then explains that the sword is the key to all this and to go and find it, because obviously that's the only way to stop this. And they go ahead and warp to the beacon as reality well, once again, and also they... Hmm? I mean, there's a little moment here when Entrapta realizes that she's dead in the real world, and that's very, very sad to me. Like that, well, that bothers she, me a lot. I don't. I don't think she realized she's dead, but she definitely noticed that she got shocked, right? Because she's not that dead. Well, like her line is, "Oh, I'm not really here, am I?" And then she starts to fade out and says goodbye. It was nice to be your friend. Well, yeah, fair, but that—that's not exactly her being like, "Oh, I'm dead, dead." <laughs> that's that's not like uh, King Micah being told you're fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a little different for just being like, oh yeah, this ain't me. Yeah, I mean, uh, remember, she got sent to Beast Island, which is this show's code for executed, so... <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, presumably she's actually not uh, there yet. I mean, at most, she might be on the transport. I guess that's true. In the midst of all this. <laughs> yeah, she might not be there yet. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, Either way, it's very touching. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that happens, and then uh, they all get warped ahead to fa by fast travel to the beacon... Which again, uh, what's the actual name of the beacon? The Crystal Castle. The castle, yes. <laughs> I keep forgetting that. But yeah. Uh, and Adora sees the stars in the night sky, and Mara is standing before her, only for her to also be engulfed by the collapsing reality. Adora wants to go into it since the sword is focused on her, so she thinks she has a better chance of not being just immediately erased <laughs> from going into the, like the whole... like. Reaper beam blow up stuff, <laughs> whatever you call it. <laughs> and Bow and Glimmer hold her back, only to also then fade away, like in Chapter Head, but also say that she's got this and she can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, Catra finally catches up to her. I guess she also unlocked fast travel. Yeah. And they basically warp around to like multiple different locations, like the bar and the Crimson Waste mm -hmm. and like the snowy area and whatnot. 
because she basically just starts uh, trying to fight Adora and blames Elvid on her, saying that her being captured basically just fully surrounded them the sword. Yeah. And also, I want to yeah. say, like, Katra is more messed up here than she was at the end of my episode. The corruption has gotten further, which means they came up with two designs for corrupted Katra, and this is as much as they used them. <laughs> huh. Yeah, no, I hadn't really realized that that uh, they had that the design was something different. Yeah, in my episode, it, it, the face is more or less the same, but her ears aren't gone, and neither is the hair, and also the arm only goes up to like the elbow. It's just a sleeve. But in this episode, oh, like that entire quadrant of her body is gone. No, interesting. Yeah. Not that it's gonna actually stick. Yeah, unfortunately. No. Despite how cool it is. <laughs> yep. But yes, uh, you know, along the way of them warping to different realities, Catra just continues to blame her for everything, including even to her own like corrupted appearance. But Adora finally snaps and stands up for herself, saying that she didn't make Catra open the portal, but that she will fix it in the end. And then just fully just punches Catra in the face to knock her out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just bat. We have moved Watch past out. friendship now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then you start to fall into the portal energy stream thingy where Catra fades away, but the Dora you know, starts to, but not as quickly. But she is caught by Angela flying in, who gets her out. And when they're like safely away, she asks her how they would fix this. Uh, they both spot the sword in like the weird like energy maelstrom stuff, and Adora explains that getting the sword would fix everything, but when Adora doesn't answer Angela if she would come back from going in to get it, Angela refuses to let her sacrifice herself. <laughs> she basically just goes and actually like finally has like any bit of characterization besides being just pissed off Mama Queen, yeah. and says that she's always just been a coward for basically putting everything onto her husband, and then later of having Glimmer feel the need to do everything, and just because she would never actually take care of anything herself and just sit on her ass. And so she goes and thanks Adora for showing her that she was wrong, and goes to fly up to the sword and tells Adora to take care of the other people, like, in her kingdom and all, and just rips the sword out for Adora to catch. So she's... I guess not technically dead, but definitely trapped forever. He's trapped between <laughs> realities for eternity. It's a yeah, lot. So they're, yeah, they're, I guess they're just going to go ahead and be like, well, that's as good as dead, I guess. Yes, and what's worse is that she is immortal, so... <laughs> yep, 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 then she's just like there forever, huh? Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. But yeah, uh, it's wild Dora how she's is... immortal, and yet she died at 33. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot she's 33. <laughs> Uh, so then wait she was only like 17 when she had glimmer then that was the conclusion we came to yeah right yeah angela's kind of a teen mom or i guess was <laughs> i guess in a sense mm-hmm. but yeah uh adora then uses the sword to turn into shira as his reality continues back basically where we previously left off in the hordex lab and she just like walks out of the unstable portal and just breaks it in half with just one finger of her sword <laughs> basically just saying yep fuck this shit we're done <laughs> Katra and Hordak flee the lab as Adora gives her an absolute death glare. Again, <laughs> assuming that like Katra remembers everything she actually did inside the perfect world stuff. Yeah, this is and, like yeah. this is the first time we ever see Katra really afraid. This, this is yeah. on site next time. 
Yeah, and, like, really, like, the first time that, like, Adora's just been, like, fully, like, done with shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's been frustrated and, like, angry at times, but this is, like, the first time that she's, like, very much, like, yep, on site next time, motherfucker. There is another thing I want to call attention to, though, because before Catra drags him away, Hordak is just standing there, and he's clutching the, the data card that Entrapta put into his armor, so I think he's remembering something from that world, too, because, like... Last we saw, he was just upset that Entrapta betrayed him, and now he's mm -hmm. desperately clutching onto a thing she gave him. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he, he might have, like, realized something a little bit about, uh, the truth of, like, the whole deal of Entrapta not actually having betrayed him. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I forget if I already wrote this up, but yeah, the princesses all hug Adora because they're excited that she's back. Because... I guess they all caught up right before the portal turned on. Yeah. After they all had their, like, I'll stay behind and hold them off moments. Like, honestly, I kind of forgot that they were on this mission also, so I was just over here going, where I mean, are all these princesses really... coming from? I mean, they, they really were not, is the thing. Like, they came along because they're like, we're not going to let you do this alone. And then they immediately were like, I guess we're going to let you do this alone because we need to hold the line. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, da, da, da. yeah, Shadow Weaver says that, you know, this is all touching and everything, but they really need to go right now because the lab is fully collapsing, and they warp all back to Bright Moon. And when Glimmer just casually brings up that she's probably grounded for life because she never bothered to get permission from her mom, Adora then has to walk over to give her a hug and explain what happens, and it's all sad. <laughs> and the episode then ends on a shot of, like, a, like, a screen of Hordak's face popping up in an interface. As the voice says, oh, so that's what you've been, little brother. And, uh, you know, you don't really need the credits to reveal this, but it's obviously Horn Prime, because of course it would be. <laughs> but the credits just confirm it. <laughs> I, I guess technically it, also, it actually ends on, like, a shot of, like, his entire fleet and, like, a busted-up planet in the background. <laughs> it's like, yep, this guy means business. Yeah, yeah, he sure does. Yeah. Uh... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you're ready that's, to move uh, into the end game, three. because Horde Prime sure is. <laughs> the, the end game of like almost like the other like uh like half of the show more or less in terms of like episodes because of uh, season two being very short overall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two and three, I guess. We're done with the cute fluffy princess stuff. The rest of the show is is Horde Prime. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh. I mean, I kind of brought up most of my notes during the episode, but there's a lot going on here, and again, I really like the way these episodes go. I think this is a great transition into the more serious stuff that we're going to be seeing from now on. Oh yeah, I mean, like, like shit popping off, and like Adora finally like seeming like she's just had it with Catra's bullshit, and like, I mean, an actual character dying, like in the show. Oh yeah. Assuming this isn't assuming it isn't gonna be like a cop out in like the very first episode of season four, much like it was with Entrapta, where it's like you think she's dead for all of five minutes and then she's like, Hey, no, never mind. <laughs> uh yeah. I, I'm just gonna lay this on the table. No, Angela is dead proper. Yeah, I mean I, I had kind of also heard something about Angela not coming back after season three too. Yeah, this was her last <laughs> just, appearance just on the show us, outside of being a, Yeah. Yeah, just from, like, Osmosis being on Twitter during when the show was airing, it's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> she did. Or at least trapped forever and assumed now to be dead because she can't ever get back. 
can't so wait until we get the She-Ra movie where Angela is the villain because she's been trapped for thousands of perceived years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she's just uh, having like it's only been like a few months for everybody in Etheria, but for her it's been thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like, oh, sorry, Glimmer, you have to kill your mom now. Here, take this laser gun. That'll probably be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I have just like a little bit of trivia, but usually we do the 80s stuff first, if there was any. Uh, I don't really have anything. Um, if you want, I can talk about Horde Prime some. I know that I kind of blew him off last time you brought him up, but there is some stuff we could talk about. I don't know if you'd rather wait until he's properly introduced, though. I think it's probably better to wait till he's properly introduced. Okay, so what I will give you for now, then, is that, uh... Horde Prime is a character in the original show. Uh, he barely shows up in it, and in fact is way more common in the comics. I'm going to drop you an image of Horde Prime as he appears in the UK comics, which is not how he looks in the show at all, so that's okay to show you. It's it's not a spoiler, because I don't even know what this dude is. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I need to... I need to put this on a different uh, browser tab so I can actually zoom in on this guy. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Bug alien man. Yeah, he's kind of like a nihilist if you're familiar with. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a yellow-skinned bug man who wears purple armor and a giant cape. He's very comic book. <laughs> And and he's got the the quail man underwear on the outside of his pants to look going on. Naturally, like naturally. All the other dude, like all the other dudes in the eighties shows. Also, please note the horde logos on his boots because he's got to be fancy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep, didn't notice that. <laughs> and that's all I got because uh, in these comics that this particular version of Horde Prime appears in, he's worthless. He does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's just there to bounce around and have a good time. Fun. <laughs> so that's the eighties. Oh, eighties. Uh, <laughs> yep. So yeah, uh, I have just a few things about trivia stuff. Uh, I'll just go into this now since I'm thinking of it before we do questions. Uh, we actually have a new voice actor in this. I don't know if he's going to hey. come back, besides maybe more flashbacks. But uh, adult Micah is not voiced by the same person that voiced Kid Micah. Because it is Daniel Day Kim, hey. who played uh, Gao Yoon in American Shaolin, uh, Jack Kang in the second and third Divergent films that nobody remembers because they never actually finished those. Because <laughs> they never did the fourth one because they wanted to do it as a TV show and the rest of the class were like, no, fuck that, we didn't sign up for a TV show, fuck you. <laughs> uh, he is also Benja in Raya and Raya? Raya and the Last Dragon? I forget. Uh, I actually watched that movie and I don't remember the name pronunciation of the main character's name. <laughs> I think it's Raya. Uh, he is also I don't recall. I think I think it's Raya, yeah. I don't think it's Raya. But also I don't remember, it's been years. <laughs> uh he is also Jinsu Kwan in Lost, Hiroshi Sato in Legend of Korra, and General Fong in a single episode of Last Airbender. It's, I think it was like the season two premiere because he deserved to like help, try to help force Aang into the Avatar scene. Yeah. And he apparently will also be playing Fire Lord Ozai in that Netflix adaptation, assuming they don't cancel that after one season like everything they do. <laughs> so 
you get a sh one shot of Ozai in season one from my remembrance of the show, so it's like, they might have him there for that, but, I mean, if they cancel that show after one season, he's not going to be around, because he's really more only in, like, season three, yeah. <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the only other little minor things I have is that apparently the episode title for Remember was actually Deja Vu, before they actually finalized Remember as the episode title. That's interesting. Just, yeah. Uh, again, pretty similar, but yeah, it's uh, just neat that it's like I haven't seen that about any other episode so far. Uh, and yeah, I mean, remember makes more sense, but it's also really generic for an episode title. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, hey, I mean, the finale was just called the portal. That's true. Yeah, they didn't do a great job yeah. with naming this season. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been a little weird at times. I mean, just like the fact that there was an episode called Once Upon a Time in the Waste. It's like that's that's a bit of a mouthful for an episode title. Well, that's a joke though, because <laughs> there's a it's a movie called Once a Time Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, and it's a okay. cowboy movie, so this is a yeah. Gotcha. Okay, that that makes sense, but also that's a bit, still a bit of a mouthful for an episode title. <laughs> But uh, the only thing I have here is that in the scene that Glimmer remembers uh, when she has like her first flashback, she's holding a doll of Luke Key from the 80s. So I guess I should have actually brought that up a few earlier because that was an 80s thing you could have actually brought up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we yeah, talked about Luke Key back in the day. It's fine. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I really have at trivia because, again, the show isn't really a trivia show. <laughs> there is something I want to mention real quick. In one of the visions Angela has of her flashback, one of them is Glimmer, like, dissolving into neon pink light and just vanishing. And I don't know what that is. I don't think that's ever a scene that's in the show. It's just for this flashback. It's very weird. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I, went, I couldn't say. But yeah, that's, uh... That is trivia. We got it this time. <laughs> uh -huh. And you know what else we got this time is questions. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we have uh, four questions this week, actually. So, from Aurora Borealis at Casey Cosmos on Twitter. With Queen, I mean, Angela gone, is now the perfect time to strike Ink Bright Moon? And the answer exactly. is yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Like, it's, it's no contest. Like, Glimmer can barely, like, actually keep herself going for very long in terms of her powers and it's uh, like yes you obviously invade right now <laughs> well that is something we'll deal with in the next season but like now that angela is gone glimmer is the primary connection to the moonstone so if you pay attention you'll see that she doesn't have to recharge anymore oh yeah <laughs> well yeah we didn't see that yet so yeah 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 that, that's a next I season thing my assumption was she would still have her need to take short rest, but at this point she has her, like, she now has her homebrew, like, uh, like, magical item that makes her be able to just have infinite spell slots. Pretty OP. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I don't think it's the perfect time to strike, because uh, the Fright Zone just got trashed, so that's gonna be a problem. Also, I mean, fair, yeah, they would have to, like, really work to amass troops, but it probably wouldn't take too long with... Like, having to still, like, deal with a teenager now being the queen. Yeah, like, I see the thing, the, the, the idea here, but also, realistically speaking, Bright Moon is at full military capability. The only thing that's changed is the monarch. And yes, Glimmer is a teenager and not Angela, but realistically, Glimmer has been leading this entire military strategy anyway, so... 
True, and Jella has, you know, fully did say that she's basically just sat on her ass for so long <laughs> and has been a coward about doing anything, so I guess Glimmer really has just been in control most of the time anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Glimmer and Adora have been the entire strategy behind the Forbellion. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, as far as uh, other queens and striking go, uh, yeah, I would not be shocked at all if the United Kingdom stopped being united in the next few months. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Especially, as you said earlier on, with like about 40% of the country not wanting uh, King Charles at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 46% back in 2019. Who knows? <laughs> yep. Um... Yeah, uh, next question. What is your perfect world? Um. Uh, <laughs> one, one without monarchs? <laughs> one without racists and turfs and other shitty people like that? Yeah, 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 solid. One, one, in, one in which we'd actually give a shit about the multiple, like, climate change and the multiple, like, pandemics going on and actually do something about that for a change and actually, like, try to help make people not have to, like, starve themselves to death because they can't make ends meet because they don't have income <laughs> yeah there's just not a lot of fun answers to this question i'm afraid um, unfortunately not no unless i wanted to say i want to be in like just a fucking like tron ass like computer world or some shit <laughs> <laughs> just upload upload me to whatever the fuck the matrix would be in this equivalency where i can just like uh have like a data body and give myself even bigger titty <laughs> yeah there's a I'm pretty sure it's a Neil Gaiman short story about a scientist who's trying to invent a cure for cancer and accidentally invents a uh, gender swap serum. And that seems pretty great because it just becomes a commercially available product where anybody can swap gender as much as they want anytime. So that's great. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Make that reality. Um, yeah. A follow-up question to this. What is the really unsettling thing in your perfect world? <laughs> Ah, uh, <laughs> I guess if I go back to the, uh, like, not having to deal with a bunch of shit example, uh, I don't know, Harry Potter still exists in it for some reason. <laughs> doesn't, ha doesn't have all the, like, the bad stuff like the slaves, like, being slaves, or, like, the, uh, the reporter that was clearly supposed to be a trans person, uh, angle that never actually got addressed in the books and all. <laughs> And the author would also not be a shitty person, but it still would exist in that, and it's still just bad writing in general <laughs> as a whole, even if it's not as shit. Yeah, maybe also skip the people with AIDS have an uncontrollable desire to spread their disease metaphor. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. Ugh. Jesus Christ. God, I got I got past that point a little bit in my uh, re-listening of uh, Shrieking Shack, where they're like, "Hey, remember that they introduced Fenrir Greyback as a guy that." intentionally ang like visit himself near kids for the full moon when it comes around because <laughs> he wants to keep spreading werewolf aids and it's like oh god why why would you write the stuff why would you write that the slaves like being slaves and that you should let them be slaves <laughs> uh, it's just so twisted though <laughs> hey um 
they have like ZC and Liz of the street cast have it right. Dobby should have been the only house elf actually in the entire books, and they should have just like never like really like brought up the fact that there's an entire slave race. <laughs> like it should have just been like, oh, Dobby's just a weird like case where he's just bound with his family for some reason. Yeah, and just not deal with any of the other house elves and all the, like the stupid like anti-slavery stuff that goes nowhere because Hermione stops giving the shit after one year. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. The three constants of this podcast: talking about Star Wars, talking about D and D, and still somehow talking about Harry fucking Potter, even in a series that is not as much of a like comparison, <laughs> like the Owl Houses. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I understand why we go to it in some ways. It's very, it shapes so much it, of our cultural milieu. It's hard not to compare it, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it is also, like, the prime example of how not to write characters in story <laughs> compared to, like, all the queer stuff we cover on this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where, like, we cover shows with, like, actual good written characters who change compared to how, like, the main character of those books is so fucking bored of magic after the first couple of months of knowing that he's a wizard. <laughs> To the point where he never gives a shit about the history of magic class when it's like wouldn't you be super interested in this to find out more shit about this world and well, no it just doesn't not I, at all i mean with that specific example i do have to protest because the professor is supernaturally boring and puts everyone to sleep so that's I not mean, just true, harry but you could but you could do research on your own about the history <laughs> of the magical world that you now find yourself in <laughs> even if you don't care enough to pay attention in the class yeah yeah, that's certainly true, but I don't know. It is it is a lot, and that is not what we were a show about, so I don't think I will expound on my feelings there, because <laughs> I have a lot of those. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's bad. <laughs> bad series. Read another book, please. <laughs> I do have one final question from Aurora. I don't know what kind of answer she is expecting. <laughs> But she does ask, uh, do you remember the 21st night of September? And it, it's, it's, it's the song. Yes, yes, I know, but I don't, like, yeah. my answer for this is no, I don't remember that. It hasn't happened, and it won't for another two weeks. <laughs> but it's happened before multiple times in our lives. Like, at least uh, something like 30 times each. <laughs> but how can you forget when it fully becomes spooky month, because it gets to be fall? I mean, it's been spooky season I mean, for like two weeks now. I mean, I mean, yeah, technically spooky season starts like at the near the end of like, of August, but like once it's like actual like fall, fall, that's when it's like full on proper spooky season in my book. <laughs> anyway, my that's, point that's is that the... I am an entity decoupled from the linear flow of space time, and so I have never experienced the twenty first of September before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's only why that's the reason why I posted that gif of that skeleton <laughs> dancing because <laughs> it's like yeah that's when spooky season officially happens. <laughs> yeah, um, spooky season's actually over. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the uh, department stores here in London have Christmas decorations up already. So oh uh, no nope f fuck that <laughs> fuck that I nope. <laughs> hate it. I mean, I remember the the mall that near where I grew up on Long Island putting like Christmas stuff up like in mid October, even before Halloween mm -hmm. was done. But that I at least can kind of understand because like once Halloween is over, that's when like just like fully just put up Christmas shit everywhere and just ignore the fact that there's still like American Thanksgiving yeah. in between. But it's like I mean, American Thanksgiving doesn't get nearly as much like 
commercialization compared to like Halloween and Christmas in general. Well, sure, because so the only thing you have to buy for that is a turkey. <laughs> well, yeah, there's other food related, but yeah, <laughs> but it's still like. I don't know. It's it's still like yeah no. If you hear that like they're doing it in September and putting up Christmas stuff, it's like that's nope nope fuck off nope goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um it's rough. They haven't even fully finished putting up the Halloween stuff, and they've already started putting up Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it. It, it starts up sooner every year, it feels like, and it's like, it makes sense because, yeah, like, America wants people to spend tons of mu- fucking money around the holidays all the time. Yeah, yeah. I've kind of subscribed to this sort of system for a while, where there were effectively, I called them first Christmas and second Christmas. And first <laughs> Christmas starts on the 2nd of November, because that's the... I mean, you get All Spirits Day, or All Saints Day on the 1st, and then First Christmas. And then it ends, so you can have Thanksgiving. And then Second Christmas is through to the 25th. (laughs) (laughs) I'm now imagining uh, the, but what about Second Breakfast uh, line from the Lord of the Rings movie? But it's... I fucking forget it. if it's Merry or Pippin. I forget which one is which all the time. <laughs> but it's just them being like, but what about second Christmas? <laughs> right, but now I think I have to expand that because if they're putting up Christmas decorations now, then I have to add a third Christmas that ends at Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <sighs> but but for some reason, your uh, your numbering is that way, where it's like, yes, the first Christmas is, uh, is third Christmas, <laughs> and then it goes to first Christmas, then second Christmas. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Like we had to add this one in retrospectively. We're not changing the order of the number <laughs> numbering. So third Christmas is now the first Christmas. First Christmas is now the second Christmas, and then uh, third Christmas is now the second. Uh, if I already fucking yeah, that is gonna get really confusing left. when they keep adding more, yeah. and it ends up being like five, four, three, one, two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, like fifth Christmas starts in April and goes into, <laughs> like through Labor Day. What? And then we go to fourth Christmas and third. Then we loop back around the first and second. Who decided this? It's like well, you y'all did technically because you decided to keep adding more Christmases in. Uh-huh. You keep rolling back the fucking uh, the clock on how soon you start putting up Christmas shit. <laughs> I have a little uh, animatronic tree that I'm planning on putting up come first christmas but i'm a little nervous because ziggy's never had a christmas tree before so i assume she's gonna kill it hmm. yeah uh, well if it's, it's one of those kind of trees that like kind of like jostles back and forth like it's dancing uh it used to but it's like 25 years old by this point so yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it kind of depends, because, like, my ferrets never really cared much for bothering the Christmas tree, like, Ali and Tucker never really cared much for it, like, they went over to look at it when it would ever be set up, but mostly at the time they would just walk away. Uh, it was really more, like, whenever, uh, when Rascal was still around, he would definitely, like, just keep messing up the little, like, uh, those little, like, uh, oh, not rugs, but the little, like, the, the cloth that you put around the base of the tree. Because my mom would always put one there on our old tree. Yeah, tree skirt. That, yeah, the tree skirt. And uh, he liked going into that and burrowing into it because, you know, it's like a bit of cloth that he can push out of the way. So, of course, he wants to go ahead and 
like hide underneath it and mess around with it. So every single time whenever he have playtime, he'd immediately run over to it and then mess it up. <laughs> and then like that's my mom being like, Chloe, this this freaking ferret, and it's like I can't stop the ferret from doing what he wants to do. <laughs> like. I mean, it's so easy for, like, especially in that old house, it was like, there were so many rooms that he could go to that it's like, it's always impossible to be like, well, I haven't seen him around in a bit. Oh, he's probably upstairs, like, trying to get into somebody's bedroom or something. <laughs> but yeah, like, she, she would always be annoyed for that, was like, uh, that month or so of, like, him just going ahead and messing up the, the tree skirt. It's like, well, don't put the tree skirt around the tree. Problem solved. Yeah, 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 that'll do it. I can't control a ferret from doing what he wants to do. <laughs> not my fault he wants to move it and take a nap in it. Hmm? It's not my fault he wants to move it around and take a nap inside of it. <laughs> times. Uh, Ziggy lived upstairs at my parents' house, and the tree was downstairs, so she never met the tree. We don't know what happens if she gets involved. So this is going to be an experiment. But yeah, I'll, I'll report back in a couple of months. Uh, did Ziggy kill the tree? Is Ziggy just not used to, like, walking up and down stairs that she had to be kept upstairs? Uh, no, it's because my sister is allergic, and we wanted her to be able to breathe at some places in the house. Oh, <laughs> uh, that that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is that hard to make sure she didn't go downstairs at least? Though? Uh, not really. Um, we had a, we made a, like, a gate at the top of the stairs, so she couldn't jump over it because she didn't know where it landed on the other side, right? She couldn't see yeah. any, like if she tried, she would just go rolling and that's not safe. So she was never going to do that. Yeah. She would try sometimes to like sneak out when you opened the gate to go up or down. But for the most part, <laughs> it wasn't a big deal at all. No. Especially because uh, yeah. if she tried to sneak out and you saw her do it, she would just get this embarrassed expression and just wander right back upstairs like she never did nothing at all. <laughs> uh, I've seen that look so many times on ferrets trying to act like they're innocent. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, how, how did you get inside my room here? You managed to sneak inside. And it's like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> the door is left open. It's not my fault. Uh, like the one time I caught Ali on top of my bed when I had to like walk into the bathroom for two minutes uh, when they were out and it's like oh well this should be fine he can't get up onto my bed and I come outside and see my blanket moving around on my bed and it's like he got onto my bed <laughs> and he's inside my blankets now yeah it's be it's because that was before I had like a like actual like bed frame for my current <laughs> bed so he like uh, grabbed onto the side of the like uh, box spring basically to get to pull himself up. The back spring to this day still has a bunch of like uh threads in it like ripped apart and like all like you know, like all messed up just because of that. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile that was like God, that was like what, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen or so? Like so four or five years later, like two and a half years after Ali passed away, it's still like that because obviously I don't have the way to replace a box spring or care yeah. that much. You know, having it elevated isn't necessarily a defense. Like mine is on a frame and what somebody who is currently standing on my computer did was she clawed a <laughs> hole in the bottom of it so she could sneak up in there and be inside the box spring <laughs> oh yeah no like I, my frame is like the kind that like uh it's like that but it also has support for like these pull-out drawers ah. and i had it up against the, i had it up against the wall so i only needed like one set of them on one side which i also just needed because like my old studio apartment at the time didn't have a lot of storage so i 
had that basically it's just like a good store like pajamas and underwear and stuff mm-hmm. in it and so like you couldn't climb up anymore past that but like the other side being open if i didn't have it fully fully pushed against the wall he could get in yeah they definitely had done that to a couch i had back in illinois before i like moved out to japan and uh had my mom take care of them for the six months i was there because like uh they sure definitely figured out how to get in under the couch and then ripped a hole in it and climbed up inside to hide toys in there <laughs> it's like guys i can't get these toys out easily uh oh just just like related to that uh the the previous couches at the old home uh rascal also basically like got into like the back part of it and like kind of pulled a lot of stuffing out <laughs> so the back part where you dressed your back would be kind of deflated that time until <laughs> my mom tried to like really fix it she was so pissed at rascal when she found out but uh rascal at one point apparently like lost his like favorite bunny toy under the couch and like i was like well i guess bunny's lost i don't know where bunny is and then like something like two or three years later he just comes out from the couch one day with bunny in his mouth and bunny's like all like nasty and like (laughs) old and stuff at that point so it's like have you been playing with bunny in secret under the couch my guy or did you just forget it was there and found it (laughs) like he looks so happy from himself but it's like oh bunny looks gross we need to wash bunny and like unfortunately i think my mom used like bleach in it so rascal kind of got a little bit sick for two days he was fine in the long run but he he kind of had a bit of an upset tummy or something from whatever like cleaning stuff was put on bunny so we unfortunately had to take bunny away from him again after he had just found bunny that's very sad (laughs) after so long yeah i do have bunny though i saved it as one of his like favorite toys for his little like area near his uh ashes (laughs) along with his favorite uh doggy and his favorite uh Okay, what was the one? Oh, it's a Rocky, right? Yeah, I was thinking I was it was like some amphibian because I was trying to remember, but Ollie and Tucker are the ones that had the turtle that they ripped an arm off of. <laughs> I'm still surprised that turtle only lost the one arm. He's still he's still there, alive and kicking. I have him there next to their asses too, along with uh, their other favorite toy of like Ollie's little ball and uh, Tucker's little fox. <laughs> Yeah, ferrets are funny like that. <laughs> they just latch onto certain toys and they're like, this is mine. Fuck you. Get away. <laughs> um... Yeah, they both would fight over the turtle a lot. <laughs> so I guess that's why turtle had an arm ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And uh, I yeah. hope that answers Ferret. your question, Aurora. We don't remember the 21st at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. We established it. <laughs> You said that you did, but then we talked about, about animals pets. for half an hour, so. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 to be fair, people want to hear about that. That's true. That's very true. But yeah. Everybody loves hearing about kitties and ferrets. Yeah. People will not love to hear that Ziggy is currently sitting on my hand and causing a lot of problems with my mouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you have questions in the future, please send them to us at usweirdoscast on twitter or usweirdos at gmail.com and i feel like i'm safe in making that request because we're actually back on schedule for once hopefully (laughs) yeah i feel like that's why we haven't had as many questions just because we had such a weird uh schedule for the last couple weeks yeah things have been pretty wild but in theory we should be back to normal soon (laughs) pretty much i mean it was kind of touch and go there between like your finals week and stuff and uh, me obviously getting uh, <laughs> a bunch of surgery done. Yeah, and then the week that it just but, didn't uh, publish for some reason. And... <laughs> yeah, still don't know what happened later. Yeah, that was very weird. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, shit happens. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's pretty much all I've got. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess uh, again, if you want to just follow me for what I assume will be a lot of Splatoon posts, uh, you can follow me at Cody for Chaos as usual. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's just all gonna be Splatoon all the time in the next like forty minutes. <laughs> and I am the... at Patch underscore Jacket, where I have been retweeting a lot of things lately. Seems like there's a lot of things that have been worth retweeting, actually. Yeah, it's been a it's been a lot going on, huh? Things have been slightly <laughs> less horrible than usual in an interesting way. <laughs> yeah, like things at least got pretty amusing with the uh, the weird uh, series of events of the the stupid like sexy man Tumblr stuff, and then leading into the Queen's death. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, well. Sans, di- Sans did it. Sans is more powerful than royalty. <laughs> I mean, that that was not really in question. I mean, Sans is the super boss if you try to actually do the whole murder route. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Well, uh, it is a delight to return to our two-hour episodes with you. But for the moment, I think there's not much left to say. But uh, remember, us weirdos yes, we have, have to stick, stick together. together. Bye. Bye.